0: I'm Chip Freud, and this is the Artist Spotlight, conversations with contemporary artists based on five simple questions that explore the artist's journey, creativity, and sources of inspiration. Welcome to another episode of the Artist Spotlight podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jane Steelman, a pastel artist based in North Carolina. Jane, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: Doing great. Glad we are able to make this... uh, happen here and get us together on the show. So the first thing I want to start off with is uh, can you give the audience a sense of a project you're currently working on or something? Maybe you just finished?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I've had a a very big project going on uh, since January. I received a grant supported by the United Arts Council of Raleigh and Wake County and the North Carolina Arts Council. Uh, which is part of the Department of Natural and Cultural Resources, to do research and training needed to create a uh, book for young children, a a picture book, basically. So I've been uh, taking classes. I've taken a a course at Wake Tech, and I have uh, taken an online course through the Children's Book Academy, which has been phenomenal. I've learned a great deal about uh, writing and publishing and creating images specifically for uh, children's books. So um, that's the major project I've been working on. Some other things that I've been doing, uh, of course, always doing some exhibitions and getting ready for those exhibitions. So I've had several this year um, that are uh, pretty large for me. One at Chef's Palette which, um, you know, there, I think I took 32 pieces there. Um, I'm part of Margot's uh, restaurant where we're uh, doing, um, I'm taking one piece as a group show there with the Fine Art League of Cary. Of and also um, we have the uh, state, uh, well, actually it's the Pastel Society of North Carolina member show. That's really, large this year over at the imperial center in rocky mount so you know getting ready for all those shows and i still have a couple coming up for the rest of this year but something i decided to work on this year was uh to devote more time to creating portraits so uh, i actually just delivered five portraits uh to a family member and uh, doing all of all of his grandchildren and then I've got two more I'm working on right now for Christmas commissions.
0: Well, excellent. Sounds like you've got a full plate.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That and taking care of my three adorable grandchildren.
0: Marvelous. Marvelous. Well, thinking of grandchildren, let's rewind the clock for in your life. What's your earliest memory of making art of any kind?
1: Well, actually it was in the third grade. <laughs> I um uh, I was I always enjoyed art. And when I uh, drew something, I remember it clearly. It was a a picture of a rabbit and the teacher put it up on the bulletin board. And of course, I was extremely proud of that. So that is my very first memory. And then uh, when I was in middle school, another memory is um, a friend and I uh, sat together in English class in middle school. And I would draw pictures and she would do the speech bubbles for it. So basically we were, we were not doing our English work. (laughs) We were, um, I don't know, maybe you could consider it English. She was, she was writing speech bubbles, but um, I was drawing pictures and they were mostly uh, uh, funny mice. (laughs) So those are my very earliest memories. And then later on in high school, I was president of the art club and took a lot of art classes. From middle school on, I took art classes and uh, just was involved and had lots. I was fortunate because in uh, Forsyth County in North Carolina, which is where I grew up, uh, we were lucky enough to have um, good art programs. And we displayed from the high school every year in Old Salem under the Oaks and then also had summer programs in drawing and
0: painting. Well, very cool. Any by any chance, do you still have any of those old images or drawings still in your collection someplace?
1: I don't have. I don't believe I have anything from middle school or high school, but I do have things from uh, my years in college, which uh, are fun to look back on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was chatting with an artist the other day, or drawing from like elementary school that had won a school contest. And that they still have it up on the wall just to remind themselves where they came from. Oh,
1: that is so cool. I wish I did have some of those. Yeah. I actually have a photograph of it, though, a photograph of the classroom in the third grade where it is up on the bulletin board. So I do have that, but I don't have the original.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. So you're currently, uh, or at least predominantly, a pastel artist. What brought you to that medium and why?
1: Well, I had uh, not worked in art for many years while I raised my daughter and uh, worked full time doing teaching. I was a a teacher and uh, administrator in public schools and then in university. But um, I just when she was 16 years old, then I decided that it was time to uh, get back into it. So I took a class uh, actually at Jerry's Artarama uh charcoal powder painting. And I thoroughly enjoyed that because one of the things that I did a lot of when I was in college was uh, just um, they were pencil drawings and sketches and, and that sort of thing. Did a lot of a lot of drawing in uh, in college. So um, when I did the charcoal powder painting, I was really drawn to that. But and I love the black and white medium anyway. So that was where I took the charcoal powder and I actually painted it on with a paintbrush. So a lot of people use charcoal in different ways, but uh, that was something really different for me and I really enjoyed mm. it. So after a while, uh, I joined the Pastel Society of North Carolina at that time because it was basically the only place where they were doing something similar Um with something you know that was a s was a medium similar to that, and they were doing it in color, <laughs> so uh I wanted you know other artists around me, and like artists, I think it's good to belong to groups and share information so um I joined, but i didn't I didn't stick with that at that time, but I wanted to get into color, so um I started looking at other ways that I could use something very similar to the charcoal powder. That was in color. And um, I got a set of pastels and I tried to use them and I hated it so much that I gave my pastels away. (laughs) But um, soon after that, a friend of mine said, Okay, let's take this class in pan pastel. Well, in pan pastel, you don't touch it, you have tools that you actually use to put it on, just like I was doing with charcoal with a brush. So we took that class and I fell in love with it again. Um so I started using pan pastels and then it evolved into needing to have more than just the pan pastels. So then I went to stick pastels and discovered that yes you can wear gloves when you're when you're working with pastels. So um so I really didn't mind the the texture and the feel of it anymore. I didn't need to worry about that so I got into stick pastels then now eventually I I don't even use gloves half the time it's just uh you know you get used to certain things and love it enough that that you can overlook you know certain things and I don't even mind the feel of it anymore it was just at first it was off-putting for me
0: interesting interesting well it's a good thing that it, you've you had a friend to bring you back to it because your work is beautiful oh thank you <laughs> So, what inspires you? Where does it come from?
1: Well, I think that it comes from nature and everything around me because um, I love nature. I love the mountains. Um, I went to school uh, at first and at Appalachian and was surrounded by the beauty of the mountains, and I really enjoy that. Uh, another thing that inspires me, of course, are my grandchildren. I actually took a portrait class many years ago, and um, of course they ask you what your goal is. Well, my goal was to paint my grandchildren, (laughs) to be able to paint my grandchildren with a likeness that you know you would you would know that's who it was, and um, so that's what I worked toward. But I also love nature and I love landscapes, and so I do paint a lot of landscapes. Uh, In art class when I was at Appalachian, we would go up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And uh, we would draw uh, while we were up there and and paint. And it was just it was just beautiful.
0: Plenty of inspiration up there for sure.
1: Absolutely. Another thing that inspires me are animals. And uh, I I know that it's a podcast and you can't see it, but you can see that I have a dog here behind my head on the chair. (laughs) So um, I I love animals and, and I love to paint and draw animals, too.
0: Uh, any particular uh, animals draw you in? Your your own pet dog there, or? Well, uh, I mostly get commissions for dogs,
1: but once in a while, cats as well. And I have painted our cats, so we had uh, we had two, and um, so I've done uh, several, mostly dogs. Though most people want to have their pet dogs painted. I don't think I've had. Well, I've painted rabbits as well because. Um, we had some pet rabbits at one time we started out with two and we ended up with 13 so it's true what they say about rabbits <laughs> <laughs> so I had plenty to I have plenty of rabbits to paint
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go
1: well
0: that also I guess also adds another element of your where does your art come from commission so when people say I'd like you to you know paint my dog or painted uh, a family member. That's another source of your inspiration, which is purely contractual.
1: It is, but I love commissions. Uh, I know a lot of artists don't like commissions, but I've not had a negative experience. And um, I love drawing people and animals. So, or painting people and animals. So uh, it's always uh, wonderful to be able to, to deliver that to a client and see the look on their face. And that to me is just extremely rewarding.
0: Well I imagine so. As you uh, think back over your art career, what advice would you give to an artist just starting out?
1: Well, I have experimented in just about everything that's out there. uh, And I would recommend that a person experiment that they do a lot of experimentation with media substrates and uh, with genre and with with subjects and see what it is that really makes them sing. What it, What is it that really rings your bell? Because when you find that thing, that's what you need to focus on. But you can't know that that's it unless you've experimented with a lot of different things and with a lot of different subjects. Um, but once you find that thing, stop experimenting because then you're just, you're just wasting your time on other things. Basically, you know, you want to focus at some point so that you become really good at that one thing that you really love. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm trying to take my own advice and, um, Focus now on portraits because I do love it and I want to become better at it. And I think that, you know, you you don't. Another thing I think is you don't compare yourself with other people. You compare yourself with yourself. Hmm. And everything that I do, the last one should be the best one that I've done because I should be getting better. Another thing that that is advice that you hear all of the time, but I'm going to throw it out there as well, is paint every day. Do something every day. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It doesn't have to be finished. But you do need to get in there and do the work. Work every day. Because, you know, you hear so many people say, oh, you've got talent and you were born with that. No. You need to work. Artwork is work. You need to get in there and and paint every day and practice every day because even if you make a mistake, you learn from your mistakes.
0: I, I would say you you learn far more from your mistakes than you do from your successes.
1: Ah, yes, you do.
0: Yes, you do. Success actually is a horrible teacher.
1: <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs>
0: Um, because it ends up going to your head, and then you started doing different things, and you really didn't learn how it got you there. You just enjoyed it.
1: Well, and another mistake that I see people making is painting for others instead of painting for yourself. Painting to try to sell it. Painting because you think that people will buy that as opposed to what you really want to do and if you paint what you love they'll they'll buy it i mean they'll like it they'll want it um you'll you'll feel a need because you're painting what you love and you'll do a better job at it as well so oh, com- completely um,
0: i completely agree on that point uh it, it's then a matter of simply finding the audience that loves your work rather than trying to create work that you think another audience will enjoy
1: exactly Exactly.
0: No, I think that's some some really good advice.
1: Well, it's not new advice.
0: I no, think, but it's I one it's that we advice. need to uh remind ourselves of. We all are subject to it. I I just came off of a, a couple of art fairs, and of course people walk in the booth and say, Do you have, you know, fill in the blank, particularly as a photographer, um uh they're they're looking for certain things. And if it's not something I do, you know, I have to smile and say, no, that's not something I have and and be be okay with that.
1: Yes, instead of being drawn to then thinking, oh, I need to go do that.
0: Right. (laughs) Now, there have been a few occasions where somebody has asked for something and it's it's been within my realm. I just didn't actually have it yet so it it then provided the motivation to me to go find th- that subject uh and and to create that work uh now if i'm lucky enough to get their contact information i might follow back up with them but in most cases you know i just took it as a suggestion of something that resonated with me and i went and did it
1: right right well that just adds to your to your repertoire it doesn't really it doesn't really send you off in a different direction on a tangent. It, it just adds to what you're already doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the final question in each of the episodes here is have you recommend other artists? Uh, so who should we go check out?
1: Well, I think that it's important that you find um, contemporary artists that you admire most and um, either take workshops from them study their work um, and learn their process it doesn't mean that you will actually use their process it just means that you will probably gain something from that in whatever you do Uh, it's easier than ever before to find other artists that you admire because so much is online there are zoom classes there's patreon there's Uh, They provide individual classes, and that actually blossomed during the pandemic. When Mm -hmm. most people could not do in-person classes, I found that um, there were many people that um, were doing Zoom classes, say, from Australia, and there are many artists in Australia that I really admire Mm -hmm. that uh, that work in pastels. So I was able to take classes from people all around the world. That I consider to be top-notch artists. Now, some of the artists that that I really like to to look at, and and this also depends on on what your interests are. So after you've experimented, you've you've found out um, what you really like to do and what media you really like to use, then you start looking for those artists that you really want to emulate or to learn from, and the ones that that I like. Uh, because I like pastels, <laughs> and uh, I also uh, I work in oil and cold wax sometimes. So I've got an artist there that I like. Um, so I think it depends on the media and the subject about who you would choose as as the person that that you'd be most interested in. So if you're interested in in pastel oceans, uh, Lana Ballot, who lives in Long Island, New York, is a person who does incredible work. Um, she has the most beautiful oceans and waves that I've ever seen. If you're interested in animal paintings, then Emma Colbert from Northern Ireland does the best work I've seen in pastels uh, for animals. I mean, there are many, many others. Don't get me wrong. These are the ones that, that I would choose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're interested in florals, uh, Lynn Diffenbach and uh, Steffi Clark in Australia do, they're some of the best artists I've seen uh, in floral paintings. Um, the a pastel and oil uh, portrait artist I admire most is Kong Nguyen, Uh and I believe he lives in California, but he does workshops all over the world, and uh, I'm not sure whether he was doing any, I guess he wasn't doing much during the pandemic, but I think he's back out there doing workshops and. You know, Italy and and various places. Uh, he uses the verdaccio method in both oil and pastel, and uh, that's a painting that was that's painting technique used by old masters where they have a um, they have a layer that's called the dead layer of green in in the uh, values, and it makes the skin tones uh, really look natural and glowing. So I I really study his work. And then um, an oil and cold wax artist I follow out of Canada is uh, Linda Benfalvy. I love her work because what she does, uh, which is a little bit different from most oil and cold wax artists, is that it actually gives you the sense of it being um, a, a scene in nature. And most of them that I've seen online have been purely abstract and hers gives you uh, an indication that there are trees or there are flowers or there's uh, there's uh, some landscape involved. So it's still abstract, (laughs) but uh, it's an abstracted landscape basically. And then um, another realistic oil painter that I like is out of uh, Denver, Colorado. And that is uh, Judith Dickinson. I follow her on Instagram. Her work is, is phenomenal. Um, she uh, takes uh, the value in, of the subject and takes time with her underpainting before uh, laying on the oil paint, the color. So those are the ones that I would recommend if you're interested in the same kinds of things that I'm interested in. But you should find your own, your own artist based on uh, what your interests are
0: excellent well thank you for that uh gives us some homework to do and go check them out (laughs) i appreciate the uh the uh, suggestions there well that that brings us to the end but before you go um where can the audience find your work online and the real world
1: okay uh well i have uh art in two different galleries right now one is the bel-air gallery in rocky mount Another is the one, two, three gallery in Wilson and online. uh, I have a website, steelmanstudios.com. I have uh, Instagram, which is uh, at steelmanstudios. I also have Twitter that I don't use very much. I typically use uh, uh, Instagram and feed into my Facebook, which is uh, Jane Steelman art. But um, so I have a, I have a, presence uh, in social media that has been there for many years. So if you follow Jane Stillman art on Facebook or Instagram, I post quite often the things that I'm working on.
0: Indeed you do. Cause I do follow you.
1: Oh, well good. <laughs> <laughs> I need more followers. Come on. Well, don't
0: don't we all? <laughs> well, this has been a real pleasure. Uh, each time we chat, I get to know you a little bit better and, and, uh, just makes it even better.
1: Well, I really appreciate uh, you're doing this and allowing me to be on your podcast. I I think it's very important.
0: Well, thank you so much. And uh, to our audience, thank you for tuning in once again and keep an eye out for future episodes because you'll be able to catch up on an artist spotlight of another contemporary artist. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Artist Spotlight with Chip Freund. Find accompanying blog posts at chipfreundphoto.com slash blog. And you may subscribe to our show on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like listening.